0: who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50-plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365.
1: Good football Friday morning Eagles fans appreciate you streaming in here to birds 365 you got Mac and Mac John McMullen and Jody McDonald here to hang with you for the next couple hours uh, before we start to break down Eagles Giants coming up on Christmas a couple internal things first Johnny Mac we got to do a hell of a show today for Tyler Bolich Uh, you guys noted this before the show started shame on me I did not notice this I guess Tyler is our first streamer on a daily basis. Yeah, always. The the
2: and the beauty is, Tyler's nice, you know, very rarely. Just, you know, good morning. Uh, you know, I just, it uh, goes a long way. So it's not just of a, hol-
1: not a holiday season thing. Tyler's trying no, to the No, always joy of there. Health. Number He's one. There. Okay. Appreciate uh, it. I, I certainly recognize the name, but I didn't realize he was like the number one guy for almost every single show good good on you for noting that and thank you Tyler we appreciate it we try and uh, do a heck of a show for you for the next couple hours and uh, one of our other regular uh, streamers uh, I think he's a John McMullen fan ECW and WWF uh, wrestling dude um, I'm assuming, right? Uh, is, do you think that has any yeah, reference?
2: WrestleMania is coming, by the way. You know, the Eagles uh, had the uh, golden championship belt that they give to celebrities. Uh, so they got at least one title. They were carrying mm-hmm. that around. That's good that they got the belt. Um, he, he asked, is
1: this the last Birds 365 before Giants and Eagles? And the answer to that question would be yes. Uh, Birds 365 is officially off on Monday for the holiday aka Christmas uh so yes uh we will be making predictions I will get a McMullen prediction before we get out of dodge here today on the Eagles versus uh the Giants and then
2: we'll yeah well next- the Eagles play on Christmas so I I won't be off we're gonna have a pre-game show a a, a a halftime show a postgame show we're gonna be at the game so and we're gonna do a show on Tuesday to the reactions so You're going to get plenty of Eagles, but technically we won't have a Birds 365 on Monday.
1: That was what ACW asked about, the last Birds 365. So, yes, oh, there will be plenty of pregame stuff uh, right here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. And then, of course, the postgame stuff after a Christmas Day game in which, John, I remember both of the two previous Christmases that the Eagles played. One was, shoot, 15, 16, 17 years ago. I forget, 2006 when uh, Jeff Garcia filling in for Donovan McNabb, went down to Dallas, beat the Cowboys, and very famously looked in the camera coming off the field saying, Merry Christmas, Philadelphia, Hmm. which endeared him to Eagle fans uh, for years to come thereafter. Um, And then also uh, the year that they won the Super Bowl they played on Christmas 2017, Nick Foles filling in for the injured Carson Wentz against the Raiders. That was one of the ugliest football games I've ever watched. Uh, The Eagles won. Nick Foles stunk. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. He was terrible that day. The defense was good. It was freezing cold on Christmas Day. Just an awful day. I watch it on TV. I was not going down to Lincoln Financial Field on Christmas Day to see that game. Uh, And I made that decision before they played it as ugly as it was but they are undefeated on Christmas, Johnny Mac. 2-0 all time. They put their undefeated record on Christmas Day hmm. on the line against the Giants.
2: Yeah, how about that? I don't know what that's going to matter to this group, but uh, I think it's a good matchup for the Eagles. So I think it's a chance to get, uh, to get uh, um, at least a little bit healthy. I don't know what it's going to mean if they play well. If they don't play well, I know what it's going to mean. <laughs> it's not going to be good um but yeah i think they got a good opportunity to at least gain some competence over the final 3 weeks of the season going into the playoffs and maybe that helps i mean competence is a big thing in this sport so you got to take advantage of of the pins that are there when the pins probably aren't as good as the other pins so you got to knock them down you you feel better about yourself and who knows you may make a run in the, in the postseason.
1: season. Right. You mentioned uh, get right, get healthy. Well, they had full practice yesterday. Uh, I don't know if it was full, but it was more than a walkthrough. Um, so they did uh, get all the guys out there with a injury report, not an injury estimation and uh, mixed reviews yesterday. The fact that uh, they get Churgen's back, I think is a big plus. Not that Sue O'Petta did a bad job when he was in there for uh, Jerkins, but uh, continuity on that line and even needed that much more because, not surprising, Dickerson uh, was not at practice. He's not going to play this week, healing from the surgery that he had on his finger. Um, So the offensive line for me is a a, a key here this week, and uh, they, they lose one but add one, which is okay. The bigger concern for me is linebacker. Nicholas Morrow didn't practice yesterday. Uh, Zach Cunningham has been out for a while now, and he did not practice either, so I would guess his status for Monday is questionable at best. Who's going to be playing linebacker for the Eagles on on Monday against the Giants, Johnny Mac? That's coming through that locker room door.
2: Now, at this stage, you know, obviously today's going to be important. Today's the bigger practice, um, so I'll get to see who they're, they're at going to play at left guard most likely um, whether they're going to move Sue with a left guard or go with Tyler Steen um, certainly seems like, as you mentioned, Cam's going to play it was a full go. So I would imagine he's going to be back um, linebacker. You got to hope Nick Morrow's out there. I mean, yeah, I mean, otherwise you're going to see a lot of three safety looks. I mean, a lot of three safety looks that that might even be the base defense, um, and Shaq Leonard would have to be your only essentially all-ball linebacker till you get to Ben Van Sumer. And so um, not a lot of options. Um, if if both Nicholas Morrow and Zach Cunningham can't play, um, so it's going to be very important. And, and remember, late in the season, you're you're more apt to manage injuries to try to get better in players to the game healthy. So it's not by any stretch saying he's going to be out uh, because he missed practice on, on, on Thursday. Um, and I'm I'm already mixing up my days because the game's on Monday. So today's mm-hmm. Friday. Today's the more important practice. Um, But um, yeah, they need him out there. And uh, for all the people that decry Nicholas Morrow, and I get it. I mean, there's, there's limitations there, but he's been pretty solid. Except for one game, and they need him. They need him.
1: They do need him, and we'll see if he's ready to play. And you're right; it might just be management if he's got something to tell on him. Don't push him because they know they need him for Monday Monday afternoon against the Giants. Uh, you'll get a better read on that. And the key is, and Morrow's been been okay. He, like everyone else, the other night against Seattle, wasn't good. John, I know it's as basic as it gets, but tackling is kind of important. And the Eagles were terrible at tackling in Seattle. And oh, by the way, Giants come to town. And even though I've been impressed with Tommy DeVito, let's be uh, serious. Saquon Barkley is their number one weapon, whether it's them handing it to him and or them throwing it to him out of the backfield. He's the guy that you've got to be able to stop if you're going to stop the New York Giants. And I think they're going to get a steady diet of Saquon uh, Barkley on the ground. And, oh, by the way, Saquon is the kind of guy who can run through tackles. Can't have that happen. John, they got to be able to bring them to the ground. They can't tackle like they do. No,
2: can. and yeah. that, that, that's why this is a game where you need your linebacker. This is a game where, in theory, you would want to play less three-safety looks um, and, and have more linebackers on the field, more traditional linebackers. Maybe that's not the way the NFL is going as a whole, but in this particular week, yeah, it would be, (laughs) it would be the worst week possible to lose both not have both Nick Morrow and Zach Cunningham in the lineup. Um, Because yeah, I mean, Saquon's uh, by far their best uh, offensive option. And, you know, if you can, if you want to go down that route and try to envision how the Eagles lose this game, it's probably got a lot to do with Saquon Barkley. So, um, yeah, I, you know, it's funny. I looked it up because, and rightfully so the Eagles, Sidney Brown specifically had a bad tackling day uh, in Seattle. No question about it. I, I went to PFF and I looked at the tackling grades for the season. They got the Eagles as the fourth best tackling team in the NFL. Really? Yeah. Which tells you, uh, tackling is, you know, it ain't good uh, in, in the entire league because uh, the Eagles aren't great at it by any stretch. Now, they were worse than normal. Um, you know, for instance, uh, Matt Bowen, uh, um, the ex-safety, did his, it, it's a great list. He does, uh, I think it's 101 traits, by, like at all positions and who's the best at, who's got the strongest arm, you know, quarterback, who's, you know, A.J. Brown was the best contested catch receiver. He he named him. Um, best open field tackler in the entire NFL, Reed Blankenship. I, I, I mean, is is, it, he, it, is he getting that for the one stop that he had on
1: the half-yard line? Are we putting a major emphasis on that? Because that, no, that was the best
2: eagle tackle of the year. I don't know about the
1: whole league, but. The best eagle tackle of the he's year was done that, at the half yard line.
2: He's done a good job. If you notice him in the open field, man, he's 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 a really sure tackler uh, um, compared to the rest of the league. Now, if you want to go back to 20 years, there were probably a bunch of guys better, but it's kind of a lost start, and everybody deals with it. Kind of my point, and you know, uh, um, four out of 32 is pretty good. Only better tackling teams. New England is number one, and they're three and 11. Dallas is number two. Washington, and they're four and 10, is number three. Then it comes to the Eagles. Um, Bottom five, uh, Buffalo, Carolina, Seattle, Houston, Denver, uh, with our old buddy Alex Singleton, who misses a lot of tackles. Makes a lot of tackles, but misses a lot of tackles
1: and uh, no, i trust i give pff the uh credit that it deserves i usually agree with it i don't always agree with it. there are times where i do not see what they're seeing i know they put the time and effort in on the film work but uh, sometimes it just doesn't equate to me and i watch a lot of football i'm in front of the tv every single sunday all the way through the, through the last snap on sunday night yeah, I don't necessarily see the tackling in the uh, league the way that uh, our, our buddy for PFF does. But, hey, uh, if the Eagles are the fourth-best tackling team, how about you play like the fourth-best tackling team? Because they sure as hell weren't the fourth-best tackling team in the NFL last week. They were brutal against the uh, Seattle Seahawks, and they better bring it with take on Barkley because he's not afraid to run through tackles. That's been a key for him. Uh, and, and tackling is, of course, key in this game, specifically one guy. And that would be the quarterback of the New York Giants, Tommy DeVito. Because the New York Giants offensive line is, let's see, you got the PFF handy. I would suggest they are the worst offensive line in the National Football League. Not one of the worst, the worst offensive line in the National Football League. Seeing as they've given up 72 sacks, That's with three weeks to play. That's not the end of season number. If you give up 72 sacks for a a season, you've had a hideously bad year. Oh, they've got three more weeks of giving up sacks at 72 already. Their offensive line is terrible. They've had some injuries there, but they're just brutal. Uh, From Daniel Jones to Tyrod Taylor to uh, Tommy DeVito, Giants quarterbacks have just been sitting ducks all year long because of the Swiss cheese offensive line that the Giants have. Is this the week that the Philadelphia Eagles defensive line finally eats, John?
2: Eh, I, I, I mean, it's, it's been one of those years where, um, you know, for whatever reason, they're not getting home. Um, I think they'll have an opportunity. I mean, I think they should, um, it's hard to count on it. Um, they just haven't, um, I mean, they haven't been consistent and um but this is a quarterback that will give them an opportunity. This is an offensive line that will give them an opportunity. We talked about last year in the 70 sacks and Carson Wentz and certain types of quarterbacks hold on to the football, give me an opportunity to get sacks. Um this is an opportunity. So um, and that's what I'm when I'm talking about competence, you know. All right. In the big scheme of things, you know, there's not a lot you can gain from this game, really, because you're supposed to win. Uh, You're supposed to win easily. Um, What are they favored by Uh, two touchdowns? I think it's
1: up to 13 and a half. Yeah. It's just short of two touchdowns. So the
2: only thing, if you play poorly, there's not a lot of gain Uh, uh, you're expected to win, you're supposed to win, all that kind of stuff. Um, so it can only really go in a negative fashion. If you, if you struggle to win the worst case scenarios, you lose, um, obviously. Um, so theoretically, there's not a lot of thought, lot to gain other than that confidence. And, it, and, and, that's big. I mean, confidence is huge when it comes to professional sports and the Eagles don't have it right now and they don't have their mojo, whatever word you want to use. So to get it back would be a, a, a big thing. Um, and, you know, but it's hard to say uh, they're going to get seven sacks, eight sacks, no matter who they're playing, because they haven't been able to do that this year. True. But
1: they also haven't played as poor as a defensive line as the, the giants, the, if that's their explanation, if they come out of this game with a, a, a one-sack performance, I'm not accepting, well, they haven't been a sack team all year. No, you are you were supposed to be a sack team when the season started. You've got two very highly paid defensive ends who are expected to get sacks, to get to the quarterback, to disrupt plays. And both the Reddick and, and Josh Joshua, at least as per my expectations, and I would hope the Eagle expectations, have been underachievers this year. That that's not cover enough for me. Well, they haven't done it to this point, so why would you expect it now? Well, Hassan well, over it now because has, I've has, expected it all year.
2: Hassan's in double digits. I mean, you know, um, I I think you know to me the biggest concern is is dominance. Like, you know me, I don't, I don't care about that number as much as you. Um, I, I need dominance. I haven't seen dominance. Dominance can come in many forms uh, we've talked about. Um, and they haven't been as dominant. And part of that, by the way, is because they have to make up for the weakness on the back end. If the back end was better, you might be okay with the front. But they're not. So they have to play essentially above the dominance level that they played last season. They have to play above that to make up for the deficiencies in the back end. Do I see that coming? No. I mean, Dama is going to be on. He popped in the green room. One of his most interesting stats I was shocked at. uh, They have uh, 297 total pressures this year, uh, including 57 uh, quarterback hits through 14 games last year, they had 271 total pr- pressures and 42 quarterback hits. I mean, the difference is the back end, not the front. The back end, the front needs to be more dominant because you're 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 because people are getting filtered by the back end, failing again and again and again and again. I mean, they that that's the difference. And they need to be more dominant than they were last year. And they and 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 that's difficult. That's difficult to say the least.
1: And yeah, I I would say the fact that if you don't get sacks, it shows that pressures cannot be equated to sacks. Sacks are finishing pressures are maybes. Maybe it works. Maybe it's great. Maybe it's an interception. Or maybe it's a touchdown. I I don't even know. Uh, It looked to me like there was no pressure on the touchdown pass by Drew Locke, but uh, I don't always necessarily understand or agree with what they deem what is or isn't the pressure. They might have called that a pressure, too, and that ended up being a game-winning touchdown pass. So I've never seen a team get a game-winning touchdown pass on a sack, so that's why I will always put an emphasis on sacks. Over pressures. He's McMullen on McDonald's, Mac, Mac Birds 365. Two good guests for you today. First one coming up next in his Hawaiian clad shirt would be Paul Domwich, uh, from our very own JacobSports.com and also the 3013.com. And a little bit later, Ralph Vecchiano, who covers the entire NFC East for foxsports.com Uh, so he's a Eagle reporter, a common uh commander reporter, a cowboy reporter. And a giant reporter, and Ralph is originally a New York guy. I had Ralph on my New York shows for years. He covered the Giants for many a season. So we get some out uh, insight from Ralph Vecchiano in hour number two. But here in hour number one, first up, our usual Friday morning insight from Paul Domwich. It's next here on Birds 365.
3: Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits.
1: John McMullen and Jody McDonald, aka Mac here on Birds 365. And we've got our Friday bud, Paul Domitch ready to jump in with us and talk about this matchup between the Eagles and the Giants. And can the Eagles stop the bleeding of this three-game losing streak? Uh, Damo, did you gain anything from Matt Patricia's first turn in front of the microphones in a while? As the new what what, what John, what are we calling Matt Patricia? He's but not that's the, defense, the play call. it.
2: Yeah, the to defensive
1: play, play caller. He the had the pencil,
2: by the way. I was right. Did, you yeah. were right
1: on that one. Uh, were, were there any words of wisdom coming from Coach Patricia for you, Mr. Domwich?
6: Meli Kaliki Maka, guys. Uh, uh, There's
2: words you know, of wisdom for right. you. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> Very not really,
6: No, no. I, he was wordy, uh, which surprised yeah. me. Very wordy. I thought Very. He
2: thought he would be but he was not. Uh, but no. He was very yeah. proposorial. I was shocked. He very he was Jim Schwartz without the baseball analogies. I thought he was trying to filibuster to try to get through it, you know, with two questions. Um, yeah. but no, he stood there and he took it all. He was really good. He was really impressive. I yeah, I was expecting more um you know, Belichickian. That's good, that's yeah. what I was expecting. He was, yeah. he was, he was, he uh, was, but I don't know what he could do at this stage. What, what you can't change anything, you can't add personnel. Um, um you know, the yeah.
6: Jack Leonard. he mixed up a little bit of the coverage. Uh, what the disappointed me, I mean, I didn't expect him to become a, you know, uh, turn into Wink Martindale blitz wise, but two blitzes the entire game. That, that last drive, he doesn't, he rushes for the entire drive. I mean, you have to you have to go after Drew Locke at least once on one of those third and tens, and and he doesn't, and they didn't. The the and-
2: With these coordinators, all of them, all across the league, they'll dominate a whole game, and then they'll be in a position to put it away, yeah. and then they just they they play soft, and 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 yeah. and you see these things it happens all over the league, not just the Eagles. You see, and they go down and score and win the game. It's bizarre to me. Even Flores, who's the most aggressive guy in the NFL, he'll play that way for three and a half quarters, and it'll go. All right, I'm going right. yeah, 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 go right to play operation, and then you this
1: and I'm pretty sure Dama will concur. Prevent defense has been in the National Football League oh, for yeah. 50 years. That's, yeah. not, that's not a 2023 occurrence. This has been going on in the league for 50 years. Teams getting over. Oh, everything in front, everything in front, until it goes over your head and you end up losing the game. So that's not Eagles. You know, that's not oh, 2023. That's three. That's been happening forever.
2: It happens all over the league. My part is they're more concerned. Tell me if you think this is true, Damo. They're more concerned about answering questions in the press conference than winning a football game because jody's right if you get beat over the top for an edr touchdown you look like the biggest moron in the world and yep. you've got to go answer questions versus a slow death where you can at least, at least say well you know well, you know look at bradbury you <laughs> know i they they seem to be more concerned literally about answering questions and yesterday's a perfect example of that. The Eagles hid Matt Patricia for the whole season. They didn't have to. He proved himself. He's a former head coach. He's answered questions before. He handled himself well. Boy, they're they're really concerned about, you know, not losing in a certain way. Um, not just the Eagles, the entire NFL. Agree or disagree?
6: Oh, totally agree, and I think it's a been an organizational flaw or 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 characteristic going back several years, and I think it it all emanates from Howie, uh, and then he uh, it, it relays it to his PR staff, who relays it to the coaches that uh, you know I mean you they just overemphasize. Their, their dealings with the media more so than the, you know, than their decisions sometimes, and it just baffles
2: me. I there mean, there's you know, a lot of power. We don't have that much power, Tom. If they no. give us astonishing level, Brandon Graham basically blamed us for getting Sean Desai fired. I'm like, we have tremendous power. We yield. It's amazing.
6: Yeah. Well, you know, and, and the odd part there is blaming blaming the media for Sean Desai the media was spending the entire season asking for Brian Johnson's head. So you know, they, they gave him, they gave him, they gave the media a head. It just was a different one.
2: Yeah.
1: And I'd like to know who in the media actually said, maybe the Eagles need to swap out their defense. I, I, I don't know. anybody. I, I'd really like to know who that person was. Yeah. is It's a collective media or is it an individual media I can tell you a group that started to think along that line called Eagle Nation as judged by calls to WIP and varying other outlets. So I think Brandon's ire was kind of misguided. If you're going to say someone other than Nick Sirianni decided it was time to change the defensive coordinator, I'd say it was Eagle fans more than Eagle media, but that's just me. Maybe I'm a little defensive. Is that uh, unfair of me, Dama?
6: It is not, Jody. Uh, you know, I think that the players and coaches, not just here, but everywhere, lump talk radio and the callers and the hosts.
2: Yes. Into, yes. The, into the media. Yes. Uh, uh, the media. Yeah. By yeah. the way, we have a meeting every Tuesday at the Chickies and Pizza itself. We get together to create our narrative, our cabal. <laughs> Dama, don't be late next
1: Tuesday. <laughs> I'll try
2: to be there on time this week.
1: <laughs> you do that. All right. Uh, well, uh, now this is not a media thing. This is not a Philly Eagles nation thing. This is a Jody McDonald thing. Does Quez Watkins have compromising pictures of Nick Sirianni? I, I do need to know the answer to that question. If I going to piss anybody off, cause I said this and I'm not flying the Eagle banner. And I point out the fact that I think the Eagles third wide receiver position has become a joke. Uh, I'll apologize if anybody's offended, but I'll stand by it because I feel that way. What is it about Quisenberryani?
6: It's it's this organization's infatuation with speed. Uh, you know, he can't do anything, but he can run fast. Uh, that's why they drafted drafted Davion Taylor in twenty twenty, I think. Yeah, Turned out to be yeah, a, yeah. a complete waste of a third round. Yeah on a linebacker that, that didn't even know how to play football but could run a 4-440. Same thing with Quez. Uh, they, they think just having him run down the field is uh it, it is gonna create some problems for a defense. <laughs> you know, I mean when you can blow him over with a feather, when when he can't block, uh you know, he can't run a bubble screen, I I, you know, what what use is he? I mean, I, you know, that I mean I've said this for Years. I mean, Greg Ward is wasting away on their practice squad right now. They put him in the game. He's much more functional and useful to Jalen Hurts than uh than Quez Watkins ever will be in his lifetime.
1: Yeah, and they don't they I don't know. even have to go to him. He, the, Oz has been making plays all year. They don't throw him the ball, but when he does, he catches it and he catches it in the end zone. He's got as many <laughs> touchdowns as Dallas Goddard, who is one of the big three. The offense runs through A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, and Dallas Carter. But somehow, Oz, who can't get off the bench, has two touchdown passes, and uh, Dallas Carter only has two. Somebody explain that to me, why that doesn't merit uh, Alameda Zaccheaus being on the field more than he
2: is. Well, right I think the bigger issue, I think the bigger issue is, you know, Quez was out for whatever it was, four or five weeks. Um and they couldn't get the ball to the third receiver with Julio Jones or Oz, who whomever. My my bigger issue, they don't have a third receiver of any competency. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that to me is the bigger issue. And it, it may, maybe Greg Ward could help. Uh, you know, it's amazing to me with so many great athletes and, and it, it, we talked about it before the Eagles finally fixed the problem when it was a bigger problem, because it was one and two and they had to pay AJ. They had to draft Devontae at number 10. They had to pay AJ a hundred million dollars to fix that position. Um uh, You know, Carson broke the franchise record with no help from receivers for yeah. passing yards. It, 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 it was astonishing that, in this era, they couldn't get a receiver. Part of it was all Sean's injuries and his decline, but it, they couldn't get a receiver over 600 yards, Damo, until yeah. they 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 finally said, all right, we got to keep doubling down until we fix this issue. But I think I bring that up because I, I think it speaks to their development. You see other teams, guys go down big-time receivers, they'll pluck somebody off the practice while well that can give them something. Yeah. Um, because one of the strengths, I always talk about the weaknesses of college football, one of the strengths now is receivers. There's like a boatload of them coming in every year because that's all they do in college. And the Eagles can't find a developmental prospect at the stinking receiver position. I think that's the bigger, bigger problem. Yeah.
6: You're right, and I mean, and this is a team that has gone totally committed to the 11 personnel gr- personnel groupings, uh, three wide receivers almost 90% of the time now, and you mm-hmm. don't have depth at that position. Uh, makes no sense. I mean, if so- something happens to A.J. Brown or Devontae Smith oh. in, these next, in these next three weeks, they're Boy, screwed. That would be ugly. Uh, exactly.
2: Yeah. How about Britton Covey? He's having a great year as a pump returner. How about him as a slot receiver? He caught a lot of passes at uh, Utah. Um, I don't know if he can play receiver, but I guarantee he play receiver better than the guys they got out there. I don't know yeah. if he'll survive um, because of how small he is. But, yeah, I, I mean, Joseph Nada on the practice squad, You know, he didn't impress me in training camp, didn't get a lot of separation, but could he be much worse? Or Devin Allen, talk about speed. Maybe he can clear out something.
6: Yeah, I mean, their answer to depth was signing Julio Jones, uh, which you know five years ago would have been a you know a, a fine thing yeah, to that do. That would have been great. Yeah, five years. <laughs> now ago. it's uh, you know I mean Julio doesn't. I mean the, the, the it's on e. I mean the tank
2: the needle is on e there. Real real quick, sorry Jody, um, to to button up the thing about the receivers. Also, if you're going to be an RPO team. You gotta be able to run a damn bubble screen. You gotta be able to run, and I hate them, but you gotta be able to run them, and you gotta be able to run a a, a rub route. We're three years in, and this is Nick Sirianni's expertise, right? I, I I have a problem with that as well, Tomo. Yeah. They even AJ and Devontae they, you got to block. You got to be able to run it on a, a a a rub route. You got to be able. Don't. It seems they block when they're running rub routes, and they don't block when they're running bubble screens.
6: Yeah. I, I, it's amazing to me. I mean, last week they ran five screens, and gained two yards, total two yards on those five it's screens, and, and two of them almost turned into near disasters. Yeah. Uh, yeah. you know when Jalen basically. Threw it before he realized, you know, that the, the the probably the best receiver there was was a defender. So, uh, and the rub routes, you know, I mean, they've been the most most effective thing to do against man to man defenses now. Uh, you know, bunch formations and using rub routes, and and they're not very effective with it. And teams are beating them with it. I mean, you go you can go back to the playoffs last year in the Kansas City game, yeah, uh, but. That's you know.
1: John, John, almost on a weekly basis, uh, points out how the bubble screen is the ugliest play in football. And I try and tell him, John, it's because you watched the Eagles too much. It's not that the bubble screen is an ugly play. <laughs> it's when the
2: Eagles run a bubble screen, it's an ugly play. No.
1: Other no. teams in the National Football League are making it
4: work. And oh, I know. It just I
2: know. I know people are saying it's still ugly. It, it's an ugly play, but it can be a successful play. Yeah. I'm, I'm not. Uh it, it has think, to be. A I think 49er play.
1: fans are okay with bubble screams yeah, to Debo Samuel I'm that just turned the two-yard pass into a 45-yard gain. I I'm guessing they think that's pretty pretty.
2: Yeah, well, of course. Fans are just worried about when I get it. I'm saying from a purely aesthetic standpoint, it's an ugly play. Just no, last year,
6: last year their screen game was pretty good, um, uh, including some of the bubbles. Dallas you, know, year, yeah. you know, this year, I think part of the problem is the blocking has just been horrendous on, on a lot of those bubble screens. I mean, I, yeah. I don't know why you have. I mean, Devontae Smith's not going to block anybody. I mean,
2: uh, he's a good blocker for a 166 pound guy. Yeah. <laughs> that that doesn't cut it. I know the point you're trying to
1: make, John, but it doesn't cut it. I was going to say that's the one thing because there were people out there going, what the hell are the Eagles doing taking a 165 pound guy in the first round? Maybe because he's a great wide receiver. And that's what you're he's playing. That's the position he's playing. Just look yeah. at the results. Stop looking at him. Look at the results. He actually does play a price in the, play pay a price of, with his size in a blocking game. He's just not good at it. He just is incapable. I don't think it's lack of desire or anything else. No, he just incapable.
2: Tries Um, and he's taking a pounding too. Uh, You know, he's taking a pounding, catching the ball. Did not practice yesterday. I didn't. You should have mentioned that. Uh, He's got a knee injury, Uh, so we got to keep an eye on that uh, as the week goes on. Um, So, yeah. Um, issues, uh, at wide receiver, which is interesting because you have AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, and we're not talking about them, but there's certain things. If you're going to run that offense, and by the way, it kills me, Damo, that everybody this week seems to have figured out this is a simple offense. You watched the show for three stinking years. I've been telling you how simple it is. <laughs> um, and, and everybody's thought Oh, it's, it's very simple. Yes. Yes. And that's my point. It comes down to execution. And right now they're not executing things like rub routes, things like bubble screens. Um, these can be successful plays if you execute correctly. Um, what do you think has happened during this three game losing streak offensively? We know the issues defensively there's personnel issues offensively. This should be a pretty damn good team.
6: Yeah. I mean, I think a, they need to rely more on the run game. Um, B, they've become too infatuated with the deep ball, uh, which was pretty evident on uh, Monday night with those two horrendous passes of uh, Jalen's, and then and then a coach who says, "Well, we were looking, you know, possibly might have got that pass was the rooms. dumbest
2: oh, answer in the history of the world." Yikes!
6: You need 15 yards to to put the best field goal, one of the best field goal kickers in football, in position to tie the game and send it into overtime, and you throw a a, a a ball up for grabs, hoping for a pass interference, according boy, to him. Boy. I mean, that's just, that. you're right.
2: It was the dumbest thing I've ever heard come out of a coach's mouth in, in a long time. I tried to defend Nick over that, and I don't know why, because he should correct it. But, but I I think what he was, it was so disjointed. I think what he meant to say was, we're trying to give AJ a shot outside, and and. You know, you might get a PI. I think yeah. that's what he. But for some weird reason, he started with the PI. With the PI. That's just... it's just. Yeah. But for that, I would say, and 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 Nick did mention. I asked him about that. What you just said—that sort of balancing line be, between taking shots and uh, taking what's there—and Seattle was playing their two safeties in the parking lot for most of the game. Yeah. They were clearly trying to take away the big plays. And so I didn't ask it about Jalen because you know he's going to button up if you ask him about that. But he, he started to talk a little bit and he said, well, there are things essentially built into every play. You know, if it's not there, you got you to go to underneath. And you got to go to, in that case, the – Kenny Gain while everybody talks about Kenny, but they don't dump the ball off. We at this stage, you know they're not dumping the ball off. But he could have went to the second progression, whether that was the flat or over the middle, although it looked like I think it was Devontae was Devontae
1: open. was wide open underneath, right on the same exact I, I matter. Don't, I
2: don't was it Devontae was open? Yes. Um so he he did say there's options. So I blame that was a bad decision by the quarterback yep I mean cool. you go up to the snap damo the corner had a 12yard cushion yeah he didn't look off the safety and he's still throwing it that to me is a bad decision by the quarterback
6: yeah I mean he's had I mean you know Jalen clearly is not playing as well this season in a lot of aspects uh and and one first and foremost with me is the tunnel vision he tends to show uh with regard to that deep ball I mean, he just, I mean, like you said, people were open. Devonte, Devontae was open on the, on the first interception on a shallow cross. Yeah. Yeah. He was wide he's open. Got,
2: yeah. He's got people open and, and he, and he admits, he admitted yesterday. He didn't see them. He didn't I mean, see that, Gainwell. Well, Gainwell was on the other side of the field. Right, I don't blame him for
1: the Gainwell
2: thing. Yeah. The, and they just, I'm at the point where I've been saying that for three years too. They don't dump the ball off with Jalen Hurts. He's going to yeah. run if it gets to that point. Um, so I, I kind of do put the well part of it aside because they're never going to get to that. Um, but I, I mean, just the 12 yard cushion should alert you that, all right, maybe this isn't going to be there. Yeah. Um, cause they're clearly trying to, to, um, trying to limit the explosive play down the field because of what we just talked about the whole league wide mentality. Don't get beat over the top. And by the way, Seattle won the game on the same concept. Mm-hmm. Given, uh, uh, in Jigba, a chance on the outside, they won the game doing the same thing. They just executed better. Yeah. All and right. So then, uh,
1: along those lines, Damo, James Brad play a hundred percent of the snaps this weekend.
6: Uh, not, not if I'm the coach, but you know, I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd go with Ringo and Rick's, uh, you know, they're going to make mistakes now. I mean, I, I would give them these three games to make their mistakes and get them ready for the playoffs because right now I, I have zero trust in Bradbury's ability to, to to get it done out there. And I don't know what's going on with Darius Slay and his decision to get a, you know, get surgery when he did. Um, so, yeah, I, I'd go with Ringo and Rick's.
2: Ooh, that's ooh, that's bold. And Bradbury is playing poorly. I guess I would play it safe there and and stick with Bradbury at least, especially with what's upcoming. I think you want to gain confidence as you get to the playoffs, and they have an opportunity because of the schedule. You don't
1: think Wondell Robinson can light him up this week, John?
2: Well, anybody can light him up, but uh, <laughs> I I think it's a chance to rebuild some of the confidence that maybe has been lost, but. Uh, before you came on, you might have heard us talking about your most interesting stat to me this week, jacobsports.com. Make sure you go read Domo's stat pack because I didn't think, I knew they were close, but I didn't think they're significantly ahead in total pressures um, when rushing the quarterback than last year's 70-sack team, 297 to 271. It it It's it's interesting to me, from this perspective, the, the the back seven is so poor compared to last year's back seven yeah. that I think, and I was saying to Jody, I think the defensive front has to dominate more than they dominated last year. And they dominated about the same over a large sample size, but it's not showing up because of the deficiencies on the back end. You're buying or selling what I'm saying there. No, i
6: buy. Uh, I think t- to a large degree, that's, that's, that's their problem. Uh, that's why they're not getting there. Uh, you know, I think there's a few other contributing factors. I mean, uh, lack of depth at, at edge rusher right now, uh, you know, sweats playing way too many snaps um, even though he's still playing pretty good. You know, Carter and, and Jordan Davis have kind of disappeared uh, a, a lot of the times. I don't know if they're just getting tired inside. I mean, we're
2: not used yeah. to playing this much. Yeah.
6: yeah. I mean, they're relying on way too much on Fletcher Cox. I mean, Cox was like, a, should we sign him or not sign him? They bring him back. And now he's like good signing, <laughs> man. That's one of Howie's best decisions, man. Yeah. He's having a good I mean, year. If yeah. they didn't have him, they'd really be in trouble. So, yeah. Um, And, yeah, I mean, you just, all you got to do is look at the the time quarterbacks, the speed that they're getting the ball out. I mean, clearly they're able to find receivers pretty quickly uh before these guys get there and that's that's the blame you know you're blaming that on the linebackers and the uh, dbs uh agreed on on the dbs
1: the linebackers who's going to play linebacker for the eagles this week nicholas morrow missed practice yesterday they haven't gotten zach cunningham back yet now those might be your two starting linebackers by monday because we still got a couple days to go but assuming neither one of those guys are good to go you're going to line up and play some linebacker for the eagles on monday (laughs) Well, it
6: looked like they put Cindy Brown at linebacker last year. Yeah, pretty much so. And we saw what happened. He missed, what, 75 tackles. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it's – yeah, it's – that's another organizational mistake in devaluing that position to the degree that they have Uh, and then, you know, drafting N'Kobe Dean and and he can't stay healthy, so –
2: your yeah. Uh, injuries, by the way, Avante Maddox could be back this week. So we talked oh, about yeah. the fact um, uh, uh, that would be huge because that would have a uh, Avante is one of the best slot corners in the NFL. People criticize yeah. and, you know, he got, he's got durability issues. No question about it, but he's also, I don't think people realize he's great in run support comparatively speaking to most mm-hmm. nickel corners. He's their best blitzer from the edge. It brings the blitz back in the equation. They have nobody to do it. Um, This could really help them if, yeah. if he's able to get out there. Now, he hasn't played since week two, so you would think there would be a ramp-up period. Um, But, boy, I mean, that, that could have a domino effect that could really improve this defense down the stretch. Yeah, and, and it
6: gives you a little bit of flexibility with regard to I mean Roby hasn't played terribly. Uh it gives you a little flexibility as far as using him and 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 Maddox together in some packages and uh
2: he can play outside. Roby played outside a yeah. lot before he yeah. became a slot corner. So that could help you there as well, or at least yeah. give you a little bit more depth. Um yeah, it could be. You typically don't think of slot corners having that kind of impact on the defense, but for this defense, for this team, and that player, and all he can do, that that might be Sean Desai might be sitting there thinking, "Man, if I could have lasted one more week." Got <laughs> Avante back.
6: Yeah, and, and you mentioned his ability to play the run. I mean, yeah. the run defense is horrible right now, and and having Avante would help.
1: Damo the. Eagles have owned the Giants of late. When I say of late, it actually goes back like a decade. They've won 16 of the last 19, 16 and three over the last 19 games against the Giants. That's saying plenty. And of course, three for three last year uh, with them all being of relative ease. Well, they'd they have to work in that last regular season game when they got Jalen back from the injury. They they I, That was the one I thought they are going to beat the Giants by four touchdowns. They beat them in their house by four touchdowns, beat them in the playoffs by four touchdowns, but they didn't do it the last game of the season. They won, and that's the most important thing. Does that matter at all coming into this game? Is there a mental advantage to the Eagles because they beat them three times last year and beat them like a drum for a while? Teams change, it's stable second year, it's different players on both teams. Does the fact that the Eagles have owned the Giants mean anything in Sunday in Monday's matchup?
6: Matters none, <laughs> none whatsoever. I mean, this is a, a, a team that's reeling right now. I don't even know if they know who they're playing this week. They just, uh, uh, they, they need to win badly. Uh, and, and, you know, five weeks ago, if you would have looked at these last three games, and said there's a chance they're going to lose one or maybe even two of them, people would have laughed
2: at you. You know, now,
6: I mean, they're capable of losing to anybody on any given day.
2: Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, they're coming off. Uh, Yeah, it's amazing to me how quickly it's unraveled. And part of that, I think, is self-inflicted. Not, you know, on the field, the issues are real. Off the field, the issues are, I I believe, self-created, self-inflicted. Um, they they panicked. Um, they didn't believe in their ten and one record. It's clear um, in hindsight. Maybe they should know. Maybe maybe that is the case. But boy, I mean, y- you've heard the narrative, and and you know, by the way, that comes from obviously people do the research. But Cam Cameron and in Baltimore uh, when John Harbaugh fired him late in the season for Jim Caldwell. Uh, They struggled, uh, but they, you know, got their bearings and went on to win the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, you can come up with one occasion in the Super Bowl era. Uh, Great. Um, You can't come up with one. You know, the Ravens fired Cam Cameron. They didn't freaky Friday it and swap positions. They, did, they didn't, uh, they, all right, you go be the analyst and you're going to de- be the defensive play call. This is dysfunction, live and in, in living color, Damo. Who do you yeah. blame for this? Well, I mean, this
6: move, it's like Howie back in 2014 when they, yeah, exactly. when they put him in the desks and chairs rather than fire him. And then he ends up becoming coming back as the GM. I hope
2: Sean got a raise like Howie did, at least to get uh, demoted. <laughs> I hope he. I hope they kept kicked him a couple extra bucks.
6: <laughs> Maybe they threw in a trip to Hawaii after the season. Who knows? But yeah, I mean, I, this came from upstairs. Yeah, I, it's
2: self inflicted.
1: Um, along those lines, who do you think is going to be the Eagles defensive coordinator? Not this week. We know it's still the Sigh in name only, yeah. in name and in responsibility. Who's going to be the Eagles defensive coordinator in twenty twenty four?
6: Uh, probably somebody that's not around here right now. I would assume they'll go out and get somebody. I mean, I, I cannot believe that, you know, that that Nick Sirianni is going to turn over the defense to Matt Patricia next year.
2: So I
6: would say someone else out
2: there. If they make a run, you never know, Dama. Maybe the pencil is here long-term. I think it's whomever, how he wants. Um, I think, I think we are at that stage. We already lived it with Doug Peterson. I think we're at that stage where it's like, all right, uh, you know, Nick, it's your offense. By no means am I saying Nick's going to get fired or walk away, but he's going to say, it's your offense. Do what you want for now. Now, if that keeps going in a negative direction, we're going to get the press tailors and Mike Rose of the world. Um, But defensively, it's going to be like, we're going to pick the guy. And you you don't worry about it. That's how I think it's going to go. Um any disagreement with that? No, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a good
6: I mean, that, that was the beginning of the end of the D- Doug Peterson yes. era. Yes, when it he, was. When the GM and owners started saying, we'll do this. We'll handle yeah. that.
1: <laughs> Damo, yeah. how much faith do you have that Jalen Hurts turns it around, has it above average? I won't talk about MVP level game but surely not as bad as he was the other night against Seattle. Uh, mix in whatever you think he can and or the Eagles need him to do with his legs. If you got an A-plus to an F-grade and you were looking into the crystal ball, what kind of grade do you think you're going to give Jalen Hurts after the game against a giant defense that's average at best. They're they're relatively healthy. They've got a couple injury issues, but it's not like they're devastated. Uh, The Giants defense is what it is, which is nothing special. What kind of performance you're looking for Jalen on Monday? Uh,
6: I'm going to be an optimist here. I mean, I I think he's going to have a good game. I think he's going to turn it around. He realizes, you know, Jalen's good at at realizing what he's not done right. Uh, You know, he's got some shortcomings, but I think he's going to I think he's going to have a solid game this week. I'd give him a B plus uh, coming out of the Giants game.
1: If he cool. plays a B plus game, is an Eagle victory a lock?
6: Yeah. Okay. Assum- I, well, I would agree. Assuming, you know, assuming they don't turn the ball over elsewhere four times or, or, or on, you know, the Giants convert 15 of 16 third downs. So. And that's not impossible with the way he plays defense on
2: third down. Don't don't throw that out as a possibility. Wow, that that's an interesting. That's that's a battle to watch. The thirty first ranked third down offense against the thirty second ranked third down defense. That is, you talk about a battle of heavyweights. Somebody's <laughs> got to win that. Somebody's going to win that battle. Uh, yeah. They, Giants are thirty first in total offense, thirty second in passing offense, thirty first in points per game, thirty first in third down offense, thirtieth in red zone offense. If if this defense can't at least have a reputable performance against this offense, it don't look good moving forward. Because this is this is this is as easy as you're going to get in the NFL, unless you're going to college and you're going to play. An FBS team, or FCS, sorry.
6: Yeah, I mean, this this is the week to gain gain some semblance of confidence back and and that might help you going forward. Yeah. All
1: right, Damo, I've got pen and I've got paper, and I'm going to write down Johnny Max Peck when he gives it to me later. <coughs> I'm going to make my pick, but we need to start with the Paul Domowich prediction for Eagles and uh, Eagles and Giants on Christmas Day. What do you got for a final score?
6: 27-17,
2: Eagles. Yeah, I like it. 17, that defense. Matt Patricia defense. And mark my words, people will get excited by that. They'll say, <laughs> oh, they gave up 17 points. <laughs> never look at the context. Never look at the opponent. Never. It's always. yeah. Never the defense,
1: failed. Defense looked good until the yeah. final two minutes of the game the other day. Yes. When they went 98 yards, yes. stuck in the end zone, and won the game. All of a sudden, the defense was still a calamity. Yes. It, can, yes. it can swap on a dime. Damo, great stuff as always. Like John said, check out jacobsports.com. Damo puts up a great stack, stat package and uh, posting every single Friday leading into the Eagles game. And he jumps on here with us on Birds 365.
2: Uh, at P. Damo on Twitter, and he's going to be at the Media Cabal Luncheon, where we all get <laughs> together and we we, pu- we puppet uh, puppeteer everything.
1: A lot of, lot of fries down there, chickies and pizza. And oh, by the way, Damo, I want an ugly Christmas sweater. I was kind of hoping this week you stayed the course. You are Mr. Hawaiian. I give you credit for that. But if you're ever going to vary, uh, I thought maybe we'd get an ugly Christmas sweater this week. I I don't
2: have an ugly Christmas sweater. You have? Yeah. I don't have one. Your
1: wife is neither one of your wives has ever bought you an ugly Christmas sweater?
2: Not yet. My my daughters have
6: uh, some ugly Christmas sweaters, but I don't.
1: You can't, can't borrow one of those. You're a little bigger <laughs> than your daughter's, huh? Okay. All right. Dom, D- always a pleasure. Thanks, brother. We'll talk to you next Friday.
2: Maybe nice come okay, guys. Yeah, there we go. Nice there we go.
1: Playing on us again. Well yes. uh, done with you. with us on Birds 365. All right. Quickie timeout. A uh, couple things I want to touch on with John uh, around the league stuff. Uh, one thing the Eagles will not have to worry about. You need a Jody McDonald prediction. I'm not going to give you a prediction on the game yet. I will predict that the Eagles will not lose one of their coordinators during this offseason. Some people thought that that was, oh, good. Oh, yeah. So early, man. You make a run to the Super Bowl. You know. Brian Johnson will not be a head coach in the National Football League this well, year. I, what, I'm going to say. What kind of odds do you need me to give you? Five?
2: I'm Six, gonna say. Yeah, I'm gonna to say. One.
1: I'll. Uh, I'll. 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 I'll let you set the number. If it's well, scared, I don't think Eagles
2: are. I don't think the Eagles are turning it around. Um, I've said if you know if they make it to the Super Bowl, I think it changes the equation. Um, even even if they lose, I I think it changes the equation back. Um, I will say he's got a better chance than Sean Desai. <laughs> uh, as that I,
1: as I as I said.
7: Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.
2: A Ed, coaching job this offseason. all depends on how they finish. If they make the Super Bowl, I think Brian's getting the job. If they don't, no, he's not getting the job.
1: The other thing that I could say, if, 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 if I hit these six numbers in Powerball this week, you won't see me after Christmas. You'll never see me again here on Birds 365. That's an if, too. Uh, Come on. So, you got to say goodbye. Uh, no. I, no, I don't. I, I I go to Damo's house, for, uh, overpay for every one of the Hawaiian shirts he has. Hawaiian and shirts and get
2: out of Dodge. Get on
1: the first plane to Maui, get out of and dodge. You'll, you'll never see me again.
2: Well, that they, you're just saying by that, that's fine. That's a prediction. They're not going to go far, which is fine. I agree with that prediction. I don't think they're – I don't think – I think they'll probably win a playoff game at this stage because the bottom of the NFC is looks no, like that, a disaster.
1: That, that is not what I'm saying because I still do think the Eagles can get it together and maybe even go to the Super Bowl. I'm yeah. saying I don't think Brian Johnson gets a head coaching position, right. even if that's the case. All right. uh, all that's those years, older.
5: That's all older.
1: Those years, the Kansas City Chiefs offensive coordinator had a chance to get a job. And he never did. He had to go somewhere else to take a lateral position with the commanders. I know that Andy Reid is much more a hands-on coach, but if you listen to Nick Sirianni this week, it's his offense. Don't talk about anybody else. No, Don't
2: blame anybody. I'd be anybody very up. careful with he that because
1: Nick Sirianni's there,
2: there. There are many Andy Reid offensive quarters. The reason Eric Bieniemy doesn't have a job in the NFL has to do with other issues. Um not his performance. I will just say that. And I will say, maybe not in Philadelphia, but Brian Johnson is very well regarded in the NFL. And there are no off-the-field concerns about Brian Johnson. Andy Reid's history with offensive coordinators is clear. Um, they get jobs. Eric the Enemy had some issues way back in the day at Colorado. And everybody's afraid that they're going to come back to the surface. Uh, and that's why he's not a head coach in the national football league.
1: Here's one thing. And the Eagles could get a turnaround. They could start by getting right this week against the Giants. Here's one thing I'll tell you. It's even longer shot of Eagles getting to the Super Bowl. Jalen Hurts being good enough in the last three games of the regular season and whatever playoff games they do win, And or maybe they win them all and win a Super Bowl. If they win the Super Bowl, yeah, maybe Brian Johnson gets a a head coaching position because Jalen Hurts is going to have to carry them that far. His regression this year is going to be on Brian Johnson's offseason plate. I don't think there's any way to potentially take it off. So do you know how great Jalen Hurts is going to have to be? Over the last three games of the regular Well, by the season. way,
2: that also brings up this last three games. I I was talking about mainly defensively, but also offensively. It's a chance to get their confidence back, and it's a chance for Jalen Hurts to right the ship personally and get back going in a positive direction. So this three game stretch is very important. Obviously, it's very important for a lot of reasons, namely to get the potentially get the, the win the NFC East, potentially get the number two seed, but. Even more so than that, if they have legitimate thought pride, and obviously that was the goal coming into the season, Super Bowl or bus, we all know that. If they have legitimate hopes of getting there, they have to, it's intangible, but they have to regain their confidence and swagger and mojo, whatever you want to say, and that includes Jalen Hurts. I mean, he's got to play better. He's got to play better.
1: And I surely believe he will play better to get on a par with what he did last year. Yeah. Next to no chance, next to no shot. That's why I don't think uh, Brian Johnson's going to get a, uh, that head changes so quickly Arkansas.
2: though, that that's what I'm saying. When he was 10 and one, when the Eagles were 10 and one, we were just talking about yesterday. He was the leader in the clubhouse and the MVP betting odds. Um, I, I mean, it changes so quickly in this league. He can, he can, he can. If he can right the ship against bad teams, there's such a there's such a lack of context. Nobody's going to look at once it's done. Nobody's going to look at oh, Jalen Hurts played well in the final month of the season. They're not going to look at it. It, That's why it's so important for the defense for the offense. It's so important to get that confidence and start playing well again. Um, Mark my words, the whole narrative going into playoffs. Oh, the Eagles are playing well again. Yeah, And it's uh, it's not going to mean anything until they're tested against the, the real teams. Um, but it, it means a lot to play well in these final three games. Yeah,
1: here's the difference. Um, and I use it, but I try and keep it in the proper context, the MVP betting markets. That's a different thing than uh, all, let's use all pro, not pro Bowl. Right now, Jalen Hurts would be about the fifth Quarterback in the NFC for all pro performance this year. Goff would be ahead of him. Stafford would be ahead of him. Stafford's Certainly, Purdy would be ahead of him. Dak would be ahead of him. He's fifth. If you're looking at the all pro quarterbacks in the NFL, he's no better than fifth. So he might have been first in the MVP because here's how they decide the MVP Are you the quarterback on the best team? And if the answer is yes, Guess what? You're the MVP uh, leader in the clubhouse.
2: Doesn't yeah, I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm it. not it saying. I'm not saying. You're
1: the quarterback of the the best team.
2: I'm. A, I'm not saying it matters. I'm saying that's how quickly things turn. The same thing in a negative fashion. Look, Jalen played poorly in Seattle. Maybe that. Maybe the illness had something to do with it. Maybe it didn't. But it, it, it's. It's among the nine million cliches. Uh, around the NFL, one of them is, you know, once you watch the film and settle down and get the emotion out of it, it's usually not as bad as you think when things are going bad, not as good as you think when things are going good. So it works both ways. Um, And that's the case. Jalen Hurts has not had a poor season by any stretch of the imagination. And if you go back to that snapshot in time, which I'm with you it doesn't mean anything but if you go back to that snapshot in time I would have told you well he's he's gotten better as a passer uh but he's regressed as a runner which I I don't think was necessarily a bad thing from a health this standpoint. Year, um, <clears throat> yeah. Um, you yes. think he's
1: gotten better as a passer at some juncture during uh, from, the
2: year? From through the first 11 games, yeah. Yeah. The yeah. last year? Yeah. He he was, he was progressing. Uh, Now he hasn't played well in, in, in this losing streak. And that's, that's how quickly things change. And, you know, if you go, you know, again, it's what, whether you want to, whether you like PFF or not, you know, they're, I have nothing to do with them. Uh, They, they watch every game. They watch every play. They grade every play. He's, he's still ranked 10th in the NFL right now, even after these three horrible games. Um, he's not having a bad season. He's having a bad stretch. Um, and I think that quickly, quickly, like Matthew Stafford I'm watching last night, what a game, what a game. And, but I've been, you know, I've been a Matthew Stafford guy forever. Mm-hmm. And getting back to our conversation earlier, Matthew Stafford's a game manager. He's a game manager. Upper, yeah, we have, upper, a, different, we have upper, a
1: different definition. Of game very, management.
2: very upper echelon of that eighty-five percent. I was talking that Chris said, Chris Long. Uh very upper echelon of that eighty-five percent. But he's he's living proof as a Super Bowl winner, and as people would shit on him in Detroit because he had a bad supporting cast. And I would tell everybody for years, not just you, Jody, on every show. I would say people in this guy are in people in this league are awed by Matthew Stafford. He's in a bad situation, bad team, and and he couldn't win. He couldn't overcome it because he's not Patrick Mahomes. He's not Josh Allen. You need even somebody at his level needs the supporting cast. He gets the supporting cast. He goes wins the Super Bowl. Now it's wavered a little bit, but they're still better than they should be because Matthew's really good. Um, he's a perfect example. Uh, but, but getting back to my original point, Jalen Hurts is not having a bad season. He's having a bad stretch. He was having a good season. And even though, in and, and that snapshot, even though he probably wouldn't have deserved to win MVP, uh, if the Eagles finished uh, sixteen and one, and they finished it, even though he probably wouldn't have been the best quarterback, technically he would have won the award because, as you pointed out, best quarterback on best team. Um, he 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 still would have had a good season. He was having a good season at ten and one, really good season. He's had he's yeah, having I, a bad yeah, stretch. Yeah,
1: I, I I disagree. He was worse than he was last year. I don't know how you can achieve a level at 10 and 1. I'm not talking about now when he's added the the the, the bad games. At 10 and 1, he was not as good as he was the previous season. And when you've regressed from where you were the season before, I, I just can't use the words very good to describe your season. I can't. If you can that's your choice, I could not do that. I could not say, oh, Jones, I have a very good year. But well, we didn't show at 10 and one. I,
2: I, I don't recall you saying he was having a bad season at no, 10 and Jim, one. it's a difference between bad and very good
1: that you can drive a truck through. You just said you thought he was having a very good season I at did. 10 and one. I'm telling you, I disagree with that. I don't I can't say very good when you've gone backwards from where you were the previous season. And I thought Jalen had gone backwards from where he was the previous season, even at 10 and 1 this year. So
2: I know well, I guess I I I right I, I I guess I don't remember all the angst with Jalen Hurts when they were ten and one. I, I guess I don't remember it uh, with with the fan base, with you, with everybody. I don't remember it. I think there's some recency bias involved here. I think he was having a, a very good season. I, I don't think he could be ten and one and have a bad season. Um, the Eagles, you, don't
1: re- you don't remember conversations about the us talk right here on Birds Three Sixty Five about the Eagles are ten and one dot dot dot. But oh no,
2: we had tons of those of conversations. Course.
1: Well then, then how and did we you had tons. You the, just said you don't remember them.
2: We you had tons no, because they were about the team. They weren't about now. We had discussions about Jalen Hurts about the running aspect and what was going on with the running aspect. I but know, I don't remember part of the game. Is it not? I don't remember this tremendous angst as a passer that Jalen Hurts was regressing. I certainly didn't hear it very much. I didn't believe it. Um, now, over the past three games, he hasn't played well. But overall, his his film grades have been pretty, pretty rock solid except for the San Francisco game and except for the Seattle game. It was even rock solid in Dallas. I just pulled it up. Rock solid. In fact, his worst game besides uh those two was was Tampa Bay earlier in the season when they just dominated uh running the football. Um, I was I was I was impressed with his continued development as a passer. Maybe I'm crazy. I th- I think it's recency bias. I think because he's had a, a bad stretch, um Yeah. Now running, yes. Running, no question. There were some issues when it came to the knee, uh, that stretch. But even before that, started in New England. He didn't look like he had the same giddy up, whatever you want to call it. And we, we, we talked about that a lot. Was he trying to protect himself or were the Eagles drilling into his head? protect yourself, you know, we need you for 17 games, blah, blah, blah. We need you for 20 games, really, was their mentality. So, yeah, the running aspect. Uh, but I didn't think that was necessarily a bad uh, thing for uh, his health in uh, long term. I'll,
1: I'll tell you where the biggest drop-off was for me, John, turnovers. He's had 15 turnovers before the last three games. Now he's added two more uh, interceptions since, but Jen just didn't turn the ball over last year. He didn't. He turned it over. Not just recently biased, not just the last three games. He'd been doing it all year. He's been turning the football
4: over.
2: Well, and the Jets uh, the Jets game was the perfect example, and I killed him for that. That was a terrible, horrible decision. Uh, that throw in that situation against that team. And I said it at the time. And and you know, I'm I'm not saying he was perfect. That was a terrible decision. And and the turnovers, yeah, I mean, as a whole, you know, he's at seven straight games where he had a fumble. Now, some of the fumbles, again, you got to look at it. Some of the interceptions are terrible, like the Jets interception. That's terrible. The, the A.J. Brown interception, terrible. Quez Watkins interception, terrible. There are other tip balls, things like that. You know, that's – so you got to look at each – you know, when, when somebody fumbles at the mesh point, that's always given to the quarterback. Sometimes it's the running back. Sometimes it's the quarterback, but so you got to look of those at those of the Eagles well.
1: had this year. How many of Jalen's? They've had a few, had?
2: they've had a few. One was DeAndre. Uh, one was uh, everybody, um, one with Kenny Gainwell because everybody hates Kenny Gainwell. They shit on, that was completely Jalen's fault. There was one earlier in the season that was DeAndre's fault, so it's you know, you got to look at each particular, um. Right, so maybe he's had
1: one at, at most, two less fumbles than he actually well. Should. Now he's turning it over, he's a lot of turnovers,
2: it's turning it over, uh, too much. But long term, and people said the same thing about Dak Prescott. And I remember having this discussion with Brad, Brad Spielberger, and you. Um, for his entire career, Dak Prescott was very ball security conscious and he had a bad year. Yep, and 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 I said, you know what, it's probably going to he's going to probably go back to the guy he usually is and protect the football. And he and he has for the most part. Same thing I feel about Jalen. He's so ball security contract conscious. Eventually that worm is going to turn. But yeah, I mean they've turned it over too much. There's no there's no doubt about that. They're they're minus 6. And they were Damo just happened to put that in the stack. Column people should look at that as well at jacobsports.com. They were plus eight last year um, uh, as a whole. When they won the Super Bowl, they were, I believe, plus 11, I believe, was the final number in the regular season. And really, if you think back to the beginning of last season, at one point they were like plus 14. Right. So if you go, and they ended only a plus eight. So if you go to that team line, They've been minus 12 since that point. That is, that is, yeah, that is unacceptable.
1: And they need to be careful against the Giants this week because Giants are not a very good team. They played better of late. I actually like some of the things that Tommy DeVito does, and they've got a running back who could cause the Eagles problems. Giants do get takeaways. They they are a bit of an aggressive defense. They got 22 takeaways this week, so that could be a key aspect of the game. All right, we went well over. McMahon and McDonald here with you on Birds 365. Hoping to hear from Ralph Vacchiano, covers the NFC East for FoxSports.com. Ralph is scheduled to join us coming up in just a couple minutes, so stay here on Birds 365.
0: G-L-E-S, Eagles.
1: Appreciate you being here with us on Birds 365. Thanks for streaming in with Mac and Mac. And streaming in with us is Ralph Acchiano of FoxSports.com. I've only known Ralph for decades. I used to have him on all the time when he was covering the Giants day in, day out for uh, the newspaper up in New York. Ralph, we certainly want your giant opinion, but we're going to get your Eagle opinion too, because you cover the entire division. Sure. We're trying to figure this out. What the hell happened? How the hell can they get it righted? Is this season now just a drift at this time from someone who's following the Eagles, but doing so from outside the market. What's the Eagles problem?
8: Well, there's a bunch, Um, you know, and the weird thing about it is it's not really a new problem. You know, I know they've lost three straight and, that's the focus but all these things that have gone wrong during those three games were things we saw early in the season that they got away with um you know i think three of their biggest problems for me are obviously jalen hurts is turning the ball over like crazy which is still all these years later it's the tom coughlin lesson beaten into my head that you know turnovers determine every single game and he's turning it over they're going to lose. So that's one problem, which he was doing earlier in the season as well. The second problem, I think on offense, they don't commit to the run as much as they should. Sometimes it's, they don't commit to it early, or sometimes like in the game in Seattle, they commit to it early, then forget about it in big spots and decide to take these crazy deep shots when they should just be running the ball down an opponent's throat. And the third one, which really dates back to last year, is this is not a good tackling defense. You know, there are, there were games last year where they were really gashed on the run because the linebackers and secondary couldn't stop guys. Once they get through the defensive line, you can pile up a lot of yardage. And now we're starting to see that again, the last few weeks, Uh, you know, teams like the Buffalo bills ran like crazy on them because they had a hard time tackling. And, um, you know, even in the secondary on short passes, they have a hard time tackling sometimes, or even, you know, getting in position to tackle. So, those are the three big problems, and you know. But again, I've, I've kind of seen that all year long. It's just really starting to hurt them
2: now. Um, Ralph, I would, I would, I would say they have a bigger problem, and they okay. have significant uh, on-field problems. You just mentioned some of them, but before I get to them, and there's yeah, plenty of them. Um, I want to get to the off-field problems because I w- I want to pick your brain how the rest of the league. And the rest of the division is looking at what went on in Philadelphia freaky Friday. I'd like to say, uh, uh Sean Desai and Matt Patricia. It's unheard of. People go back to Baltimore uh when John Harbaugh fired Cam Cameron for Jim Call. He fired him, he's out out of the building. That you could argue that Sean's here. Have you yeah. ever seen anything like it? And what is the reaction? in the rest of the division and the league, cause I got it. They did Sean decide dirty comments from a couple of people.
8: Yeah. You know, I, I've, I guess I've never seen it exactly like this. I've seen it sort of like it in terms of, you know, head coaches taking over usually the, well, it could be either the offensive yeah. or defensive yeah. play yeah. calling. Um, but they don't necessarily demote, which is, I guess they didn't do here. Technically they don't demote the, the coordinator, um, but having another assistant, Sort of take over the coordinator's Job while the coordinator Is still there is unprecedented For me certainly of any of the teams I've covered Um, Every time it's happened even with the head Coach that coordinator Is out at the end of the year so there's no doubt Sean Desai is gone You know it's I, I guess a Tribute to him that he's willing to stay In this situation and you know I'm sure there's contractual and money Reasons why he did too but um, you know, it's clear that where this is going, he's not going to be the defensive coordinator um, next season. And, you know, the reaction that I've gotten around the league is a couple of things. One is this is usually a panic move when it happens. Yes. Um, You know, it's, it's does not send a really good message, but, you know, sometimes you feel it's necessary. You have to do it, but it's really odd for a 10 and three team to do it. You know, it's, it's that's why it makes it even seem like it's more of a panic because, a lot of the teams around the league would love to have the Eagles problems um, and and things were going generally good. Usually you can fix that with the coaches you have when you're still on top of the league.
1: Kind of like if you're sleeping with a beautiful woman and no one really knows what's going down there in the room afterward and somebody comes in and tells you, well, you just can't go upstairs anymore. You can sleep on the couch. We've got on demand. Feel free to order up whatever great shows you want overnight, but you don't get to sleep with the beautiful woman anymore. Just weird. (laughs) What the eagles did to sean desai last year. i uh ralph need your giant expertise sure. um the whole tommy cutlets thing has been overdone and overblown all right his mother makes his bed still cooks for him his agent looks like he should be on the sopranos all that is fun stuff but it really doesn't mean a well a lot i actually think he's played okay he's made some plays and some throws that have impressed me and for a guy who was third string, not activated on game days, to be able to come in and throw the football like I've seen him throw it, I've actually been impressed by him. It seems to me like he's at least taken control of this locker room with the Giants winning three of their last four games. Is this Tommy DeVito's
8: team? Well, for the moment, it is. Um, it's a cute story and you know, good for him. He's making the most of his 15 minutes of fame. Um, he's certainly proven to me that he has a future in the league. You're right. I mean, some of the throws that he made, um, a couple of touchdown throws he made were incredible. Um, he can make plays by running the ball as well. Clearly he's got the respect of his teammates and all of that. But when you step back and look at the big picture, it's not like he's throwing for 350 yards a game. It's not like the Giants are putting up 30 points a game. They are still under his direction, a terrible offense and terrible passing game. Um, What he showed me is he's got the skills and, you know, he's got I'd I'd be comfortable with him if I'm the Giants next year as my primary backup. Is he a starter? You know, I'm still in the Daniel Jones camp where are you you really? I, I am because everybody harps on the first five or six games of this season when the offensive line was horrific, when Saquon Barkley wasn't there and they were absolutely struggling. But everybody forgets last year when Daniel Jones carried them, carried a bad team to the playoffs. He dragged them into a playoff win on the road. Um, so uh, injuries aside, and I'm concerned about his neck and concerned about his knee, but I think Daniel Jones is a much better quarterback than Tommy DeVito. Um, if the Giants think otherwise, they better get somebody in the draft because Tommy DeVito does not look to me like a guy who is – that elite quarterback that you need to win in this league. He looks like a guy who would be. You think you think Daniel Jones is an elite quarterback? I think he has the potential to be. I don't think he's there yet, but I do think last year he was, you know, he put up numbers last year that were good with no receivers getting killed behind an offensive line. He had an ability <laughs> to, to lead that team, which, which really impressed me. I, I think he's got some skills that in the right situation, you know, they, they can win with I don't think he's top 10, top 15, but you know, he's probably, I think he's better than Tommy DeVito for sure.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah. Yeah. But I think the worst thing, and I said it last year, Ralph, at the time, the worst thing for the giants was winning that road playoff game.
8: Yes. Um,
2: Because, At the time, Minnesota had Ed Donatello, one of the worst defenses I've ever seen in my life. I mean, and it, 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 seriously, I'm not, uh, that's not hyperbole. It was, Mm -hmm. and they've turned it around with Brian Flores this year. Um, It was really bad. And I think, look, it's exciting to win a road playoff game. But in many ways, I think long term, that hurt the Giants because they thought they're a little bit better than they really were and they should have gotten the course correction when they got to Philadelphia in the playoffs, but I don't think they did. But yeah, when we're talking Daniel Jones, Tommy DeVito, I mean, my question is, is Daniel Jones good enough? Do you have to go a third avenue? It's not Tommy DeVito. He's clearly better than than Tommy, but is he good enough to get you where you want to go? Because I think his ceiling is maybe winning that one playoff game against a team that has issues like Minnesota last season.
8: Yeah. um, I, I I kind of agree with that. I think that, you know, for the giants, they believe that he can be elite. They believe he can be their, their Eli Manning. There was a time where nobody thought Eli Manning could do what he did in the Super Bowl. That's true. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I think that if you put the right team around Daniel Jones, um, you get him some weapons, you have a good defense to support him. You can win with him. You can maybe make a you know, who knows in the playoffs? You can maybe make a little bit of a run. Um, but you know, is he the guy? Is he a Patrick Mahomes or Jalen Hurts or Dak Prescott who you can get on his back and have him carry you to a Super Bowl? Maybe. I you know, I don't think so. I think he'd he'd have to really step up his game um to do that. I and mean, he certainly hasn't done it so far. And I also agree with you, by the way, that you know, last year was definitely fool's gold for the Giants. I was saying that all off-season long when people were trumpeting this team is, you know, watch out, they're a contender now. They were always going to take a step back. Um, They believed a little internally that they're a little better than they were. Um, They, you know, I I think that winning that playoff game kind of forced their hand a little bit with Daniel Jones and giving him the contract. Um, You know, again, I think they believe in him, but I think that they didn't have choice once they got to the playoffs. They had to bring him back. Um, So it did, you know, it made this year look even worse because a lot of people inside and outside had higher expectations that were completely unrealistic.
1: They used a relatively high draft pick on Jalen Hyatt from Tennessee. And uh, we have the Quez Watkins effect here in Philadelphia, which I chide the coach on all the time. Oh, you can fly. He makes other guys open because he's stretching the defense except for the fact when they throw the ball to him, he doesn't catch it and or the other team intercepts it. Is he really stretching the defense? Uh, Hyatt is a guy who absolutely can get down the field and he's averaging 18 yards a catch. So he's doing what he was advertised to be able to do. But he hadn't done all that much of it. And he hasn't gotten one in the end zone yet. Uh, cut him some slack. Cause he's on a rookie. He's on a rookie curb. Where are the Giants at with Jalen Hyatt? Can he become one of their top two wide receivers and be a league average one or two wide receiver in this league?
8: You know, he's another guy that they weren't using much early in when Daniel Jones was the starter. And they've gotten to him a little bit more late in the season um, as he's developed. Uh, You know, can he be a I think he can be a number two type receiver, a, a stretch the field type of guy. I don't know yet that he has the skills to be you know, up there with any of the number one receivers in the league. I think, I think he is a bit, I think he's got the potential to do a lot, but one of the knocks on him coming out of college was, you know, he didn't run all the routes and um, you know, he's more of just a speed guy. He's got to get used to a lot more than just being the deep threat to be that number one receiver. The problem with him as a deep threat with the giants is no matter how fast he is and how strong arm the quarterback is. If you're going to go to him down the field, he actually needs time to get down the field. And Giants quarterbacks do not get a lot of time behind that offensive line no. to throw the ball. Um, and that was Daniel Jones' problem early, why they barely used Jalen Hyatt is Jones was dropping back. And as soon as he set his feet, the pass rush was Ooh. on top of him. And or he had to run outside the pocket, which makes it harder to go downfield. So if they ever get protection, they could use Hyatt for a good deep threat. But you know, to be a number one receiver, you got to do more than that.
2: Yeah. It's amazing how long the Giants have been trying to fix that offensive line that uh, obviously they've tried, they, yeah. they've taken another and and they just can't get it right. Andrew Thomas, a very good player, but, but that's um, it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's it's amazing how they haven't been able to, to mm-hmm. at least improve to um, an average sort of, you know, degree in, in this particular league. But you mentioned something that was interesting to me because Chody and I before you popped on Ralph we're discussing Jalen Hurts and you mentioned you still had him in that category of guys who can and he already did lift a team to a Super Bowl. Yeah. You haven't been wavered over this stretch because a lot of people here are wavered on if Jalen Hurts is really that type of quarterback now. I waver only
8: in the sense that I don't think he's having that special year because of the turnovers. Um you know, when you look at his numbers, his numbers are on pace or beyond what he did last year, for the most part. Um, and yet, we're still looking at it as all well, these things don't look very good, which they which they don't come on the Eagles' standard. It's the turnovers that really alarm me. Um, I I don't waver because I wonder if there's a few factors in that. I wonder how much his knee is more of a problem than we thought it was all season long. You know, if you're hurt and focused on that a little bit maybe your you know decision making is a little off maybe your your grip on the ball is a little less on you know I don't know um, I think that early on in the season he looked out of sync to me he looked indecisive at times and I wonder how much of that was the change in play callers you know I don't know how much difference the scheme um, of the new offensive coordinator was and how much uh, you know, he had to get used to that, but he didn't look like it was very comfortable at first. Um, and the other reason I don't waiver is you've seen quarterbacks have really bad turnover numbers and then bounce back the next year. And Dak Prescott's uh, a great Kress, example yeah. of that. So yeah. I can see Jalen Hurts next year coming back and looking like the old Jalen Hurts. And that's what the Eagle fans are hoping for this week. Uh, Ralph, I've been
1: saying all week, I'm scared from an Eagle perspective from mm-hmm. this game because they're not good against the run. Last year, they were the best team in the league against the run. This year, they're well in the second half. Uh, linebacker play, safety play. Even the DTs haven't been as good as they were last year um, uh, when it comes to stopping the run. How many carries Saquon Barkley get? If I set the over-under at 24 carries for Saquon Barkley in this game on Monday afternoon,
8: you going under or over? I'd probably go over. It's a big workload for Saquon Barkley, but I, you know, that's the way I look at the Eagles and how to beat them is run the ball like crazy. Um, The only way Saquon Barkley doesn't get that many carries, I think is if they decide to let Tommy DeVito run a little bit as well. And he he takes a, you know, nine or 10 of them away, but that's the vulnerability in the Eagles right now. If you can establish that run, um, you can get, you can handle that defensive line, which just is not as good as it was uh, last season, and you don't allow the pass rush, which has been inconsistent, to pin back its ears and and go after you. You've got a shot. Now I don't know that the Giants necessarily have a shot because you know if you want to run, you got to block, and you you know they're <laughs> still the offensive line still isn't good, yeah. so they'll have issues, but, but that's the formula. I mean, Tommy DeVito is not going to beat this team by throwing for 300 yards. They're going to, they'll, if they beat the Eagles, it'll be because Saquon Barkley has 150.
2: Yeah. How is Saquon's mindset these days, Ralph? I mean, to be in that type of situation, you just mentioned, he's got to be the workhorse running backs. Don't get paid in this league. He went through, you know, they made the the one-year deal. He's got to think about his long-term future, um, and you're showing up to a game that doesn't mean all that much, and you got to carry the football thirty times, and the wear and tear, and that affects things down the road. Any signs of that creeping in to his mindset? I don't think so. I think he's
8: handled everything like a real pro. Um, you know, he's clearly not happy about his financial situation, and you know, I, I, I get it. If I'm a running back, I wouldn't be happy if I were. The general manager and owner. I understand why you're not paying running backs anymore. Um, but, you know, and he's, I think his unhappiness has come through a lot, but not on the field, not in the meeting rooms, you know, where he still is doing his job. There's no indication that he wants to sit out and rest. He wants to prove, you know, I'm worth this. Um, You know, I think it has helped that the giants have been really honest with him from my understanding about how far they're willing to go. Uh, you know, it's not like they told him, we want you, we want you. And then, didn't make an offer to keep him. They just didn't make an offer that was good enough. And, and they've been telling him the reasons and telling him where they can go um, and how they want to try again this off season. So I think he he feels like, okay, they're, they're being honest with me. I'm going to prove to them I'm worth what I want. And then we'll see where it goes. Uh, you know, I, he came to the conclusion when he didn't hold out in training camp that sitting out was not going to increase his value, which he's probably right because running back values aren't going up anyway. And if you're going to be a problem about it, your value is even less. So he's, he's done everything that they could ask. And, you know, I, I would imagine even in a lost season, that'll continue down the stretch.
1: Can they put the franchise tag on him again, this off season?
8: They can, it's a little bit more expensive. I can't remember the number off the top of my head. I think it's like 12 point something million dollars. Um, they might, they have, I think Xavier McKinney is the other guy who could possibly get the franchise tag, though. I would doubt it. Um, so they could do it again. I think they do want to sign him, I'll say long term, but you know, it would be one of those deals that's looks long term but is really two years when right. they can get out of it. And I think that's you know, they love him. They they think and correctly he's the best player on their offense. He just gets hurt. And running backs have a shelf life, and you can't ignore that reality in the NFL. All
1: right, Barkley is their best player. Are they getting their second best player back from injury this week in Darren Waller?
8: Um, yeah, well, he played last week and oh, I think he did. He, okay, he I didn't did, yeah. Exactly, but... And he had a couple of moments where he looked like the Darren Waller they expected, you know, get a short pass over the middle, take off for a medium-sized gain. So um, you know, that certainly will help uh Tommy DeVito have that kind of weapon. It's really when you look at that offense, it, it, i mean he's by far their best weapon. I I'm still not a fan of any of their receivers. Um, and Darius Slayton is a good number three receiver to me. Jalen Hyatt's a deep threat if you have time. Um, you know, everybody else are just sort of filler guys to me. Um, they they signed Paris Campbell, who can't even get on the field anymore. So you get Darren Waller, you've got a legitimate weapon, um, over the middle. Where by the way, the Eagles have their most trouble. You know, I if again, if I'm the Giants, not only am I running the ball, I'm attacking those linebackers, I'm going right at them every chance I get. If you put Darren Waller on a crossing route you know, make them try to tackle him, which is not always a guarantee.
2: Yeah. I would just say one thing. Saquon's their best offensive player. Maybe Darren Waller's number two, but their best player is Dexter Lawrence. How is Dexter? I saw he had uh, a hamstring issue. Is he he good to go?
8: Uh, I believe he didn't practice yesterday. I don't know what his status is today. Um, I think they're concerned about him. Um, It's uh, hamstrings linger. He's a big, big man, which yes. makes him linger even more. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I would assume if there's any way to have him go, he's still probably going to be limited. And they have a very, very thin defensive tackle yes. rotation. Um, that's that's the flip side of this. Where if I'm the Eagles, man, if you're ever going to establish the run, this is the game to do it because they they just, especially if Dexter Lawrence can't go, the Giants have nothing up the middle of that defense until you get to Bobby Okereke, their linebacker, but down that line, you can create a lot of holes there. And, and they, you know, they should, they should run for 200 yards. If they, uh, you know, if they really commit to it. Ralph, as you can well understand here on
1: birds, Three we're all narrow focused in on giants and Eagles, but. Cowboys have a pretty damn important game this week. Uh, and we got some Cowboy fans here on the stream who like to go mm-hmm. back and forth with all our Eagle guys with comments. Um, they they got over a hurdle two weeks ago when they beat the snot out of the Eagles in Dallas. They hadn't beaten a good team all year. Their schedule was what it was. And they had just beaten up on the sisters of the poor, beating them up pretty damn badly, which would include the Giants and the Jets, Giants twice, Jets once. They own New York, but they hadn't beaten a good team. And then they beat the Eagles. Then last week, they had a chance to beat a good team on the road, which they haven't done yet, and the Bills smacked them in the face. They get another chance against the Dolphins in Miami this week. How badly did it? the, the whole matching up with the Eagles and one loss and tiebreaker, all that aside, just mindset, Dallas Cowboys, if they want to do what everybody wants to do, which is make a Super Bowl run, at some point, you're going to have to win a big game against a good team on the road This is their last chance to do so this year against Miami. How do you like the Cowboys this week against the the
8: Dolphins? I don't love them because they struggle against good teams on the road. Um, That's right now the next hurdle. There's always a series Mm -hmm. of hurdles for the Cowboys, right? You know, you start to believe in them and then, okay, well, Dak can't win the big game. Okay, he can't win the big game, but he can't win the big game on the road. They can't stop the run. or They can stop the run, but their pass rush is inconsistent. Whatever, there's, there's always something with them. And this is the latest hurdle, but it's a significant one because the odds, I think, given the Eagles' schedule, are pretty good that the Eagles are going to win the NFC East. And that means the Cowboys in the playoffs are going on the road. They're going to have to probably get through Philadelphia and San Francisco in order to get to the Super Bowl. So, I mean, if they can't if, – if, what have they lost? They lost to Arizona. They have lost in Philadelphia. Uh, they lost, obviously, in Buffalo. And they lose in Miami. Uh, and San Francisco is the other one. I'm sorry. Um I'm yeah, exactly. And if you have all that on your resume, at some point, you know, you really I think on a team has to wonder what do we have to do to win these games. And now you're all on the road the rest of the way. So um yeah, to me, this is big. It's it's a tough get right game for them because obviously the dolphins are really good. But I think if they win, even if they win by a point and some freak occurrence at the end of the game, at least then they can feel better and say, Okay, we did it. Now we know how to do it, and you go in the playoffs and take your chances. But if they don't, boy, that's going to be hanging over them. Uh, you know, it's, it's going to make it even tougher for them in the playoffs. Uh,
2: at Ralph Bacchiano, make sure you follow Ralph on X, formerly known as Twitter. The NFC East reporter for Fox Sports does a tremendous job. we got to talk about one more team. Nobody cares about the Washington Commanders, but I do. I think they're the most interesting of the bunch, Ralph, for this reason. New owner, we know him well here. Josh Harris, owner of the Sixers as well. Um, you know, has he gotten answers? Typically, when you get a new owner, he wants his own people in there. So I, I would I would think Ron Rivera is probably not going to be back. And if he's not back, does anything they've gotten answers on Sam Howell, does that even matter because you're going to bring in a new coach with a new thought process, a new philosophy, has Josh gotten any answers really, or has he just got to wait until he remakes the organization?
8: Uh, I think it probably hasn't gotten any answers, right? I mean, he, I think he knows the big answer, I guess, is he knows that Ron Rivera is going to be fired. And so is Martin Mayhew, the G the general manager. I think that they know that, you know, he gave them a year so he can evaluate and see what they could do. And it didn't work out. He got a year's look at Sam Howell, but, you know, you're exactly right. You bring in the next coach and general manager. They might be sitting on possibly as high as the number two pick, probably, in you know, in the top five with a lot of quarterbacks sitting there at the top of the draft. And we'll have a shot at them. You know, as I think Sam Howell can be really good. I think he showed a lot of promise, at least through the first 12 or 13 weeks. He slumped the last few, but none of that matters at all if the new GM comes in and says I have the number 2 pick and boy do I love Caleb Williams or boy do I love Drake May or I'm at you know 5 and I have got a chance at Jaden Daniels and I love him. Um that's all that matters. Uh I get the feeling that Josh Harris is committed to the new whoever the new regime is letting them make the decisions. It's not like he's going to say no, I love Sam Howell, we got to keep him. He's going to leave that up to the next football guys. So There aren't going to be any answers until we know who those next football guys are. And, you know, we're still probably a month away from that. Very true.
1: All right, Ralph, we need you on the record. There are three potential outcomes here. Giants pull a pretty major upset beating the Eagles on Sunday. Eagles do exactly what they're supposed to do and win easily, like they did uh, basically all three times against the Giants last year or somewhere in the middle. And that's a pretty good truck pretty good hole. You can drive a truck through 13 points. The Eagles are favored by the Eagles over. Are you going Giants upset? Eagles dominate the way they should, or it's a competitive game. Give me a score on Eagles Giants. I,
8: I think the Eagles will dominate. I think they're smart enough to know that they have to keep this game on the ground. Um, you know, I would think something along the lines of 31, 14 Eagles, you know, maybe it's a little nerve wrackingly close in the third quarter, but this is still not a good Giants team. They're just, for all the excitement of Tommy DeVito, there's a lot of things they can't do, and this is such a big step up in class. So I will think the Eagles, in the end, will look like they've dominated. And I'll say this, if they don't, if they barely win, or if they somehow actually lose this game, that is really panic time in Philadelphia. Oh, man. Oh, my yeah, God. That it means, is, yeah, yeah, it's I would question whether they have the ability to even win a playoff game at that point.
1: If if they lose the game on Monday when you're driving home up, do you take Walt Whitman or uh uh Benjamin Franklin going back over to Jersey after it's
8: usually Whitman? the Walt Whitman, I think.
1: Walt Whitman. Yeah. Feel free to to stop and help any Eagle fan from jumping because <laughs> yeah, they're probably there might be a be ready to go. <laughs> over the top uh Ralph great stuff we always love when we have you on thank you very much for doing so we'll certainly get you back on again uh, sometime during the playoffs thanks for doing it today thank you,
2: thank you guys Ralph.
1: appreciate it Ralph Acchiano we, You can read him at foxsports.com it's been covering the NFL for years specifically the Giants for a lot of those years but covering the entire division these days for Fox all right McDonald McMullen Mac and Mac coming back to put a bow on the show and give you our predictions on the Eagles and Giants on Christmas
3: Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch six ABC twenty four seven with the six ABC Philadelphia streaming app.
5: And the big story on Action News. Search six
3: ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today.
0: Eagles. Eagles.
1: All right, you got Mac and Mac, McMullen and McDonald coming down the home stretch. Quick review for those of you who just streamed in. Um I down with you at Paul Domowich in our number one, he predicts the Eagles to win twenty-seven to seventeen. Ten point victory. Uh, you can somewhat be affected by how who scores when, but if you win by ten, uh, and Dambo said they, they uh, did Damma use the word comfortably. I think um,
2: somewhat, yeah. Remember? I think he used uh, comfortably.
1: Say? Uh twenty seven to seventeen. Rafaeliano just came on and said, "Maybe it's a pull away late game, but the Eagles win handily. If you're winning 31 to seven, you're covered a 13 point number. Yeah. You're winning handily. He's got 31 to 14." Um, Johnny Mac, do you want to go first? You want me to go first?
2: Um, up to you. Okay, you're, you're, go first you're the leader. I'm gonna you're... go
1: ahead and tick off all the Eagle fans who last year had a problem when I pointed out. When the Eagles and the Giants played last year, last game of the regular season, Jalen Hurts forced to come back with a bum shoulder, would have never taken the field if the Eagles didn't need that game to lock up number one. He didn't need to play in that game. They didn't want him to play in the game. He had to play in the game just to give themselves the best chance to beat the Giants. And the Giants, who couldn't go anywhere, took their players off the field. They played with their backup. They pulled their best. Saquon like, well, Barkley didn't get a handoff, and they scored a touchdown in the fourth quarter to pull within 22 to 16.
2: If Isn't they that the great to- Davis Mills, I believe? Wasn't it uh, Davis Mills last year? Or no, my-
1: Davis Mills is the backup for the Tech. No,
2: Davis Webb. I'm sorry. Yeah, right, 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 I get right, my Davis's right. up. Yes, yes. I apologize. Yes,
1: yes. Web Webb off the bench. Yes. No, uh, just the facts, ma'am, is uh, Joe Webb, not Davis Webb. Um, <laughs>
2: and, Davis and people is.
1: don't like me pointing out that had the Giants recovered that onside fumble, the Eagles could have gotten fucked if you get my drift. All right. Well, they dominated him. why do you have to say that, Jody? I'm just stating facts. Okay. I'm not saying the Giants outplayed the Eagles. I'm not saying the Giants looked the equivalent of the Eagles. Shoot. Two weeks later, the Giants came in off a playoff win, played all their best players and Eagles beat the snot out of them. But those are just facts that Eagle fans don't like. When I point out a fact that, oh shoot, a game was actually competitive. The Giants with their B team, their JV, stayed in the game and hung with the Eagles last year in the last game of the regular season. I think they're going to do the same again this week, John. Um, the, The talent level between these two teams isn't close. The Eagles are the much more talented team. The Eagles have had the way better season, but the Eagles are in a bit of a funk right now that they've got to get out of. And the giants have won three of their last four games. They were two and eight at one point and they've now got five wins I think this game will be certainly less than 13 points. I think it's going to be less than a touchdown. I think the Giants probably score some point in the fourth quarter, and we may even be looking at another onside kick thing. Hopefully, if it's enough time left in the game, the Eagles can do something they did very well early in the season, which is run the four-minute offense. Uh, a couple of times they got the ball and just were able to keep it and run out the clock. They could have done that last week against Seattle and they didn't do it. They need to do it. They may need to do it this week. I'm saying 27, 22 Eagles beat the giants this week, but it's a competitive game.
2: Um, boy. I, yeah. Uh... I wouldn't I wouldn't like that if I'm the Eagles. Uh, and if, it, if if it is like that, I wouldn't be happy if I'm the Eagles and maybe that's the summation of this season because I think nobody was happy even when they were 2-10 uh, and 1. um uh you know with the lack of style points and all that stuff. Um I I think they're going to win pretty easily uh this game. Um if they don't, I got a concern because you know, like I said, this is as easy as it gets in the NFL, right? You know, you're always there. Everybody's got good players in the NFL, but this is as easy as it gets. Um, they haven't lost to the giants and Lincoln financial field, I think since 2014. So even when they're semi good, they they've dominated this team. Um, they're not semi good right now. As I mentioned, the offense, 31st, 32nd, 31st, 31st, 30. They're, terrible um the one concern i have wink martindale the blitz the eagles don't do well with blitz beaters they don't have built-in um uh answers usually for the blitz and nobody does it better than wink so i think there could be some ugly moments for the offense but for one week at least, in the pencil I trust, Jody. Matt Patricia's gonna get it done. You 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 talking about hanging a goose egg? Are they gonna shut the Giants out, Johnny Mack? It's gonna be very similar to last week's game uh with New Orleans. I think it was twenty-four to six or something like that. I don't I, I can't go that far with this defense because it's been so bad. But I'm gonna I'm gonna put it at thirteen. I'm going to go 20, 27, 13 Eagles, 27, 13. All right. That
1: would be a cover because the spread as of right now, and it could go up because it went up from 12 and a half to 13. Johnny Max got him covering by a lone point. Uh, I think the Giants will do a little bit more offensively against this Eagles defense, and it will be a close game. And yeah, that's not a fake take, Mr. Real Zeal those are facts. It's not a take. When you're stating facts, it's not a take. A take is an opinion. A take is extrapolating and looking into the future. When you're actually just stating facts of something that's already happened that is in the past, it's not a take. Learn learn to use your vocabulary a little bit better there, real deal. All right. uh, We'll give you the real deal on Monday. Oh, excuse me, on Tuesday.
2: Because, uh,
1: yeah, yeah, No Birds 365. Game Game on
2: Monday. Game
1: on Monday. Johnny Mac will be part of the pregame show and the postgame show. And uh, we'll cover the Eagles even on Christmas Day from stem to stern. But uh, No Birds 365, you and I will be here on Tuesday. I want to wish all our uh, streamers, thank you very much for a uh, great season leading up to Christmas. We want everybody to have a happy holiday both Johnny Mac and I have the Eagles winning because that's enough, isn't it? We'd like style points. We'd like a blowout, but I don't see it. John sees a little bit more than me, but at least we both do have the Eagles winning. So uh, enjoy your Christmas. Enjoy your uh, holiday. Hopefully for you guys, enjoy an Eagle victory. Johnny Mac, have a happy and a Merry Christmas. I will see you on Tuesday.
2: You too, Jody, and to all the listeners, uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, enjoy it, uh, and enjoy your Christmas present, the New York Football Giants.
1: <laughs> Beware Tommy DeVito, that's all I'm saying. Uh, the Mac and Mac guys will be back on Birds 365 after Christmas on Tuesday. Have a great rest of your weekend. Have a happy holiday, everybody. Bill Calarulo, Power Hour, coming up next here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel.
0: Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365.